had a son once. That's the only heaven I'll ever know. He slipped right through my fingers. No amount of love could save him. Life is so short. One breath to the next. Who are you? Ed Harley. How did you get in here? Something terrible is happening. And only you can stop it. What are you talking about? Only you. We are what we do. Slumber Podcast Show 22 and the 1st of 2017. My name is Chris Ward and I am having a chat as always with Myron Schmidt. How you doing Myron? Hello Sid Haig. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm not quite Sid Haig at the moment. I'm, I'm more Rob Halford at the moment. <laughs> is that by choice or by genetics? Uh, it was by choice actually because the sides of my beard were like sticking out massively and it looked really weird so because my hair grows funny so i took the sides off so i've just got this really long goatee at the moment i i gotcha i gotcha so you're uh you're rob halford and chris adler i got i'm with you. yeah yeah and any other bald people with goatees you can think of <laughs> i've got some purple i've got some purple chalk in it today actually did you look at you i know look at me <laughs> do you feel pretty no take more than chalk to make me pretty <laughs> I uh I can't grow a beard. Can't you? I know. I have I I have let my facial hair grow out for a month and it looks absolutely atrocious. <laughs> I think you should do it again and post a picture. <laughs> I haven't shaved yet. Oh, fancy that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's bad. It's oh, bad, okay. bad, bad, bad. Oh, I will grow the sides back again. It's just fancy a bit of a change. I gotcha. I gotcha. Oh well, right, show twenty two. First of the year, so I suppose we should say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Even though it's a bit late and it's not exactly happy looking at the state of the fucking world. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, uh, it's been interesting. As we were just talking off air, yes. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Oh. Still. Uh, but yeah, a, it is the, uh, it is the first, uh, first of the new year. It is the first and we are attacking it with, uh, not a, not a high profile franchise. No, no, it's sort of a, no. a very mid-range one, but uh, ease us back into the to the chatting, that's, I suppose. That's right, that's right. So right. yeah, we're going to be looking at the four Pumpkinhead films today, and we're also going to have a little chat about the Wailing. Yes. Oh, which was in your top ten last year, I believe. It was in my top ten. Yes, yes, wow. yes, yes. Yeah, but it's coming out on here in a few days' time, so we're going to have a chat about that. Is it really? Who's putting it out? Uh. That's a good question. I've got the paper 
in front of me somewhere. Kaleidoscope Home Entertainment. Ah, okay. 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 Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's coming out in a few days, but we'll get to that. So, did you want to do a little bit of uh, what we've been buying and watching and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do what we've been buying. What we've been buying. What we've been buying. I have not bought a lot I have. over the holiday season. It's just loads. not the time. I bought shitloads. I can't remember any of it. <laughs> not me. But I, I, I can't remember. I've been picking a few up here and there. Yeah. Um, but what I did get yesterday was a um, little-known film called Train to Busan. Ah, yeah. I'm hopefully getting that very shortly for yeah. review. Yeah, I uh, it was a Blu-ray for uh, fourteen bucks at Walmart. And okay, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard loads and loads of good things, and it's out in a few weeks here, I believe, in February. So it, it is. Uh, it is probably the best zombie film since The Horde. Really? Yes. High praise indeed. It is very. I, I'm not a zombie person. I really don't care for zombie flicks. What you hate, Dawn of the Dead? Well, yeah, but I mean. Well, yeah, you yeah, hate it. I like. No, I like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I even like the remake. Yeah, but but yeah, you can get zombied out, can't you? Yes, thank you. And that's where I'm at. Yeah, but this was absolutely fantastic. Loved it. It was really good. You're gonna like it. I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be uh, coming my way. Yep. So, yep. So, well, I'll let you know what I think. Well, obviously, I will because I'll be writing a review for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll like it. Ah, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think what I bought, actually. Honestly, these things. I buy loads and loads of stuff, and I was thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that on the podcast, and then I forget. I really should write things down. Um, I did get X-Men Apocalypse. You did? Yes, I kept threatening to for ages. Yeah, I got it for uh, 10 quid on Blu-ray. Nice, With a digital nice. download. So, uh, yeah, I sat and watched that. Uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, I did too. I, I really liked it. thought it was great. Yeah, I like the X-Men films anyway. I, I quite like Egyptian mythology and stuff in films and that. It's probably the best mummy film that we've had since 1999, I will say that. <laughs> you, you could have just left it as. It's probably the best mummy film we've ever had, period. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who's the guy who plays the villain? Um, Oscar Isaac. He was a little bit underused, I think. Could have done a bit more with him. But, uh, you know, they've got the whole time travel element, so they could bring him back in a later one, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, they can. Uh, I mean, I've I love Apocalypse. It's my favorite villain in the X Men universe. So I uh, I actually have two, maybe three paperback trades okay. of just the Apocalypse collected stories. Yeah, yeah, mate, mine's got all them. I'm, I've never really been into X Men comics. I've never really read them, so I don't know much about it. But um, I do. I think the best. I'm slight spoiler here, but the best bit in X Men Apocalypse is the scene with Wolverine in it when they discover his body, yes. and he just goes, yes, 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 he just yes. goes mental. Just that two minutes of him going Freddy Krueger on everyone, I could just watch that for two hours as a whole film. Yes. Which is hopefully yes. what we'll get with Logan when it comes out. Ah. Uh, no? I, we'll see. I'm going to reserve judgment. I, I didn't care for the one they did in um, Asia with him. Did you not like that? No, I just didn't care for it. Ooh, okay. It's not my least favorite, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Cool. It's it's got me it's got me intrigued. There's rumors that it's going to be rated R. Yes, yeah, so you know, it's that's a fish been made official now. Is it really? Yes. And and that triggers my interest because I'm like, oh okay. So they're not going to be afraid to tell some story here. So I'm excited about that part. But we'll see. Okay. Okay. Anything else you bought? You know that's that's all I can remember. Just the one thing. And, and I 
I, 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 I mean, I, I don't even, I, I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't know. That's the one I can remember because I bought it yesterday. Oh, fair enough. Um, all right. Well, I will mention then I bought Suicide Squad as well. You did? I did. I bought Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, I didn't hate it. I know it got a lot of flag. I didn't either. I thought it was okay. I was, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think one, once the action gets going, it's pretty good. I mean, when it slowed down, it was a bit near. But um, I didn't like Jared Leto's Joker. Nope. Nope, didn't care I for agree. that. Didn't care Not at all. all. Oh, you could have cut him out of it, to be honest, and I'd have been happy just watching the rest of it. It wasn't even part of the movie. It was just it yeah. was a stupid add-on. Felt tacked on, yeah, just to have the Joker come back. So I really don't care for him up against Ban Affleck's Batman at any time. Yes, yeah. Which is a shame, because the Joker's my favourite sort of character in any sort of film, really. I, I really liked uh, uh, Margot Robbie. I thought she did a great job with Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought they were, all the other characters were pretty bang on. I didn't mind Will yeah, Smith, and yeah. I, I usually hate Will Smith in most things, but um, he was okay. He was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I, I they need to they need to go back and and do some work on the Joker. Yeah, it felt say it felt tacked on. It felt like you were pandering to a certain audience. It didn't feel like the Joker. No, no. You know, and I know, I know there's big shoes to fill from Heath Ledger, but I think we're far enough away from that now that we can do another take on that character. Well, do it well. I mean, my God, I'm not a, I'm not a Nicholson fan at all by any far cry of the imagination. Hmm. But if you just look at how the Joker's come through time, I mean, even Nicholson did a great job with that role. Do you know who I reckon would be a good shout for the Joker? Who's that? Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I, I'm only laughing because I think you, you may have hit on something. I think he's got the, um, I'd say unusual features, but he's got a, a face that can do what you need the Joker's face to do, so to speak. Yeah. He can do sinister performance. You know, we've all seen Texas Chainsaw 4, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> and Killer Joe as well. So he can, he can do that slightly unhinged character. So I think, I, 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 I think he, I, I, I think he could, it would be interesting. Yeah. He's a so similar age to Affleck as well, so yeah, yeah. Them yep. two together, I think, could do something good. But that's just me. Yep. Not, yep. I'm not a casting agent, so yeah. What do you know? Exactly. I'll just cast Sid Haig in everything. <laughs> he, it, Sid Haig actually wouldn't make necessarily make a, a bad Joker. He'd be a good Mister Freeze, wouldn't he? I don't. I think he'd do better as a Joker or a penguin. Or a penguin. Yeah, he could do the penguin. There's, oh, that's an idea. Directed by Rob Zombie. Oh God, shut up. No. Shut up. Oh, I might write that. Alright. Before that. I write it, cause, you know, a lot of people say Rob Zombie shouldn't direct his own material. So I'll write it, Rob Zombie can direct it. <laughs> no? Alright. Oh dear. Uh, uh, what else did I buy? Oh, I bought, um, the Hannibal Lecter trilogy box set on Blu-ray. Oh, you did? The Anthony Hopkins ones. It was five quid. You know, you almost can't say no. Not for that price. That's pretty good. I mean, because the the fact of the matter is, is you get the first two movies, Blu-ray, five quid. We get three. Well, I don't care about the other one. <laughs> I know you don't. I, I, you know, we've had a request to cover those ones, don't you? I, I do. I do. <laughs> well, and and by all by all fairness, you mean all four, or all five? Well, the request was the Hannibal Lecter film, so I'm assuming it's the three Hopkins ones okay. plus, plus okay. the prequel plus Manhunter, but. That's what I would think is all five of them, really. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to them at some point because I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Okay, okay. But you know, five quid for the three Hopkins films, I think that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, can't beat that with a stick. No, and I tried and I couldn't. 
And <laughs> I also bought on DVD The Wild Bunch. Is that a UK deal? What, The Wild Bunch? Yeah. It's a Sam Peckinpah film from the 60s. Oh, okay, well. Ernest Borgnine, William Holden. All right, all right. Bah. Damn all it. right. No, I've never seen it, but I reviewed um, Arrow Video's release of Bring Me the Head of Alfred, Alfredo Garcia. Okay, which okay. Is directed okay. by Peckinpah, and I loved it. Uh, my reviews gotcha. on Flickering Myth, so go and check it out there. And while I was researching it, a lot of talk came up about the World Bunch. He also did uh, Strange Love, right? I think so, yes. And he also did Straw Dogs. Did he do Strange Love? I don't know. Or is that, or is that um, Kubrick? I can't remember oh, now. Fuck. Let me look that up. I'll look it up. You keep talking. You, I'll keep talking. So yeah, so I reviewed Bring the Head of Alfredo Garcia. So and as I was researching it, a lot of, I saw a lot of references to the Wild Bunch. And I thought, well, I've never seen that. And I do like a Western. Ah, you don't like Westerns, do you? No. That's probably why you haven't seen it, you big heathen. Stanley Kubrick. Ah, uh, well, I'm going to be controversial and say I don't care for Kubrick. Well, me neither. So we're, we, you're not going to be controversial with me. No, that's all right. So yeah, don't care for Kubrick. And I bought the Wild Bunch. And I can't think of anything else. This energy drink's kidding. I'm just going to be rambling in a minute. <laughs> God help us. I'm like a kid at a party with too many blue smarties. That probably won't mean anything to you. Nope. Uh, if you imagine like M&Ms, but coloured blue, with lots of bad chemicals in them that make them blue. That's what blue smarties are. And they okay. make, kids, make kids go hyper. Alrighty then. <laughs> right. <laughs> As I can't remember anything else I've bought, even though I have bought lots of things, shall we... Oh, I, oh, 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 oh! Talking of which, I have pre-ordered the Phantasm box set. You did? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. For those that don't know, Arrow Video are putting out the five Phantasm films in a spectacular Blu-ray set. Uh, yes. In April, I think it is, around that time. So, yeah, got me pre-ordering for that, because I think that will sell out pretty damn quick. I think so, too. And I think they actually released a U.S. version as well. Oh, cool. Um, have you seen the latest one, Ravager? No, I have not. No, I have not either. So when that comes through, if you can get hold of a copy of that as well, we might have to cover those. I can. I can. Well, well. Watch this space then, because, yeah, I like Phantasm. So. All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So get your pre-orders in. Right then. Should we do some good to Band Smugly? Let's do it. Right then, go good. Well, one of my goods, I got two. One of my goods okay. is uh, obviously Train to Busan. Yes, I did. I, I watched it uh, too late to include in my list, but it definitely would have made my list. It was uh, very good. I've already talked about it, so go ahead, Chris. What's a bad for you? A bad? I haven't done a good yet. All right. I watched The Fly. Which version? The David Cronenberg one from 1986. Ah, okay. Uh, one of my favourite films of all time. Probably, definitely in my top five. Fucking love this film. I got it on Blu-ray a couple of years ago for a really, really cheap price. And I haven't watched it for ages, so I thought I'd bug it on. And I fucking love it. I believe I actually went and saw this in the theatre. Wow, did you? Yes. Because this is the one with... Jeff Goldblum. Gina, De- Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. Yes, right. I did. Wow. Yeah, I saw it when it came out on video. My dad bought it for me when I was about ten when it came yeah. out. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I just love The Fly. It was good. It, it was it, very, very, very good. It's the film that got me into Cronenberg. I was aware of who Jeff Goldblum was anyway, but I just love The Fly. It, it's a bit like The Thing. It's one of those films that everyone says, oh, remakes are never as good as the original. I just point them towards The Fly. Okay, there you go. And I love the original <laughs> as well. Oh, did you know The Thing's getting an Arrow release later this year? 
Is it really? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Because you've just had the Scream Factory release over there, haven't you? Yes. So I think it would be the same uh, transfer as that one, with the same extras. Probably. So, Probably. Uh, oh, good stuff. But yeah, The Fly, I know. Uh, great remake. Uh, the effects still hold up. Goldblum's still brilliant. If you can get hold of the Blu-ray, get hold of it, because it looks fantastic. You know, I need to... I, I, I need to find it. I think it's out, but you're right. I don't own that one, and I need it. Yes. You're exactly right. Yeah, it should be fairly cheap, I'd have thought. It's been out a while. Yeah. Well, some of those I like to check to see if they have the Criterion release. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, going for the Criterion of those. Oh, right. Okay, then. Well, yeah. Because I got, like, I'm looking at my Criterion version of Scanners right now. Oh, you posh bastard. <laughs> Sitting right next to my Criterion release of Night of the Hunter. Oh, nice. I Oh, actually, I bought that over Christmas in the Arrow video sale. Oh, nice. Yes, it was uh, seven ninety nine, I think. And I had some points to use up from their website. So I got it for about £6.20 or something. Nice. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite. Fi- that's in my top ten favorite films of all time. It is for me, too. I uh, love that movie. God, I love that movie. It's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, well. Give us one you don't love. Give us a bad. A movie that came out last year that a lot of people really liked. Mm-hmm. Didn't care for it. Trash Fire. All right. That is by the director of something I watched recently. Oh, that's by the guy who did Excision, isn't it? Yes. Because I love Excision. I think that's great. Oh, Excision was really, really good. This one was, eh, not In fact, so good. I think I may have Trash Fire somewhere that I may have found somewhere, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I know exactly what you mean. Yes. To me... It was almost like a, yeah, I, I, I get why people like it, mm. but it's just so, yeah, just forget it. It's Really? Yeah, have no. you seen Excision? Yes. Did you like it? Loved it. How about that last scene? Oh, oh yeah. Boy. Oh, yeah. God damn. So d- does it not play along the themes of that? Because I've heard someone told me they're quite similar films. No, Excision is better. Okay. Much, much, much better. But there's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people who love Trash Fire. So maybe you'll like it. I'm okay. just one of those that was like, eh, forget it. Yeah, well, I shall, uh, I shall get to it at some point. Yes, I do have it hanging around here somewhere on my hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking for something I do bad, really. I, to be fair, I haven't watched that much bad stuff because I've been trying to sort of... Before Christmas, I watched so much shit. I was like, I need to just watch films that I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's one. I may have mentioned this before. Fright Night 2, The New Blood. Oh, God. Have you no, seen that? No, you haven't. Uh, I th- <sighs> no, <laughs> no, but I think I have it. Okay, yeah. It's called Fright Night 2, so you expect it to be a sequel to the remake, possibly. Um, it, it's yes. not. It's the same story from the original and the remake, but basically in Eastern Europe, the college kids are on a um, like a trip, school trip, and Jerry Dandridge is this time is a female. And Jerry Dandridge, ah. she's the professor of the college or whatever where they're at, and she's the vampire, and Peter Vincent is the host of a TV show, and it's just bollocks. <laughs> Utter shite. The lady who plays Jerry Dandridge, whose name escapes me, is Jane Murray. She's very nice to look at. She would make a great vampire in a different film. Gotcha. 
she's the only thing worth watching in it, and she's topless for some of it as well. I think there's quite a lot of boob, oh. quite a lot of boobage in it. Yeah, that's the only thing worth watching it for. There's a quite a high breast count, which is always a positive. Uh, it's a one star film though. It's the same story we've had two or three times before, but done better. So why would you bother with this? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Go on then, give us an ugly. Um, now I'm going to start out by saying I kind of liked this film. Okay, you can still like ugly films. It's a it's a new 2017 horror movie that just showed up on Netflix called Clinical. Clinical. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The problem I have is that it's too long, and the plot tries to take too many twists and turns. Right. You, you know how you get a reveal. And then at the end, you try and do three or four more quick reveals, and it just kind of sucks the life out of it. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. That's kind of what happened here. They tried to do too much. All right, yeah. It, it, it's not that it was a poorly acted movie; it was very well done. But you you, you knew what was going to happen, and when they when they tried to make a couple of diversionary turns away, you just got bored because you knew that you knew what was going to happen. Predictable, and it just yeah. I didn't even mind the predictability of it, predictability of it. I just, you know, when they kind of tried to, you know, take you down another path, you're like, well, I don't care what they're doing. I know where they're going to end up. And that's what they did. So it just made it a little long and draggy. Ah, uh, so trying to be uh, clever with the build up, but the end result's still the same. Yeah. 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 I've seen a few like that recently. Oh, well, yeah. So I have seen it uh, around on Netflix, I think, or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's a Netflix original, so I assume oh, yeah, that yeah. means it'll come out simultaneously worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I I might catch it. I don't. Anyway, me ugly. Um, and that. Well, yeah, me ugly in both senses. <laughs> I rewatched Blues Brothers two thousand. Oh my God! Why did you do that? <laughs> because what were you thinking? I've got the double DVD pack of that and the original. And I fancied watching the Blues Brothers because I haven't watched it for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, well, I may as well watch the second one because I I watched it once years ago. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say I hate this film because I'm a fan of the Blues Brothers. I've always have been. I've seen the show. I've got the albums and music. All, love all that. I like the characters. And I know there's a lot of goodwill in that film, Blues Brothers 2000, but it just it doesn't work. Oh. No, it doesn't. You know, you can't replace John Belushi for a start. Nope. And and I think they try to... They don't try to put his character onto John Goodman, which is a good thing. John Goodman's his own character in it, which is fine. But they try to make Dan Aykroyd's character be both Elwood and Jake at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with it. It, it feels like Aykroyd's playing a different character than they did in the first film. And I think that's really, really what kills it for me. Gotcha, gotcha. But, you know, I love the cameos. You know, I love James Brown and Aretha Franklin and, you know, Eric Clapton pops up near the end and Steve Winwood. I love all that sort of stuff. I know it's a bit naff and a bit cheesy, but... So that's why I've put it in ugly, because I really want to enjoy it, and I just <laughs> can't. <laughs> oh, God. You know, it's not a badly made film. It's quite... You know, it flows along quite nicely and it all looks pretty good and so the music's good. But, I don't know, it, it's missing something. It's missing John Belushi. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. I have I have seen the Blues Brothers, jeez, oh, I can't even count how many times. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've watched it dozens of times. I just, 
I could go my whole life and never see that movie again, and I'm okay with it. I just it's it's one of those things like um, where I grew up. The band Journey in high school was incredibly popular. Yeah. If I hear another Journey song, it'll be too soon. I just got way over inoculated with Journey. Overkill. Yeah. They may be a great band. I have no clue. I just don't ever want to hear them again. Well, yeah. See, I'm like that with a lot of a lot of what I would say are my favorite albums, but I haven't listened to them for years and years and years because I just. You know, I haven't listened to, say, Iron Maiden's Power Slave for years all the way through. Right. But I'm so familiar with those songs. I don't really need to. Do you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know exactly what you're saying. So I think that's probably the same thing with you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, but there you go. Exactly. Exactly. All right, then. Should we move on? Let's move on. Let's move on and let's have a little talk about Pumpkinhead after we've played the trailer. Let's play a trailer. Oh, Afraid raising the dead ain't within my power. Will it be alright? Should I be afraid? It's coming! <laughs> Looking for an old woman. She lives somewhere in the mountains hereabouts. All she can do is take you straight to hell. You go home and you bury your boy. Some folks will say is how she's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. What do you want, Ed Harley? Fan. You're looking for vengeance. Vengeance. Sad. There's no graveyard way back deep in them woods. Thing you're looking for is in there. It was an accident. No, not like this, not like this. It's gotta run its course. Now it begins. It begins. You know what's funny? What's that? Is when any podcast plays a trailer and the trailer is in a different language, it cracks me out. We'll we'll get there in about three films' time. (laughs) I mean, it just... (laughs) I know. Or they play a trailer that's got no words in it at all. It's just a noise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're going to have that problem when we get to the wailing, unfortunately. And I was going to mention that. It's pointless playing a trailer unless you speak the language. (laughs) Gotta play something. Right. For your convenience, the the trailer will be subtitled. Yes. Yeah, go on YouTube and just watch the trailer be more. Yeah, there you go. That's anyway, right. Pumpkinhead <laughs> from nineteen eighty eight, directed by Stan Winston, starring Lance Henriksen, Jeff East, Kimberly Ross, Joel Hoffman, Cynthia Bain, Brian Bremner, and George Buck Flower. Right then. Have you got a synopsis or shall I do it? No, I got a synopsis. Go on then, give it to us. A bunch of heathen kids accidentally kill a local man's son, and the local man wants blood revenge. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yes, doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Right then, Pumpkinhead. We've spoken about Pumpkinhead before. We have. Yes, we have. Not on this podcast. On a podcast that was never made public. (laughs) I, uh, I actually own all four Pumpkinheads. So do I. Oh, God. Yeah. God help us. Yeah. 
it, look, the, the first one, A, it's got great practical effects. Yes. I mean, this is done by Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. He's a legend in special effects. It, it's got great practical effects. I love it for the practical effects. But it's got it's got Lance in it. I, I, I like Lance's performance in this. Yes, he's very good. He's very good. Although his teeth look suspiciously big. <laughs> I don't know if he had dental work done at that time. Well, maybe. Who knows? Hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> what, what do you. Yeah. Yeah. So did you see this when it first came out? No. No. I saw it when it got released to DVD or VHS, whatever it would have been at the time. Okay. So in the 90s, maybe. Yeah. I remember the commercial. I do remember the commercial. Yeah. See, unusually, this is a franchise that I'm fairly new to. I didn't see Pumpkinhead until about four or five years ago. Really? Yeah. And it's a film, I've always been aware of it since it came out, because I remember the trailers on other videos at the time. Right, right. And I've actually got, behind me in my little cave here, I've got a Pumpkinhead, um, one of the Movie Maniacs figures from the 90s. Okay. Which I bought at the time. So I've always been aware of Pumpkinhead since it came out, but I just never got round to it. I'll be darned. So, yeah, I saw it about four or five years ago. It was put out on DVD over here by Lionsgate, I believe. Uh, so I picked it okay. up. Just a pretty much bare bones DVD, but I picked it up and yeah, so I watched it then. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've only got it on DVD and it's, you know, it's the little tiny square. They didn't even change the aspect ratio. It's. <laughs> oh no, I it, think they, to be fair. I think they just copied it from the VHS. Oh, know? to be fair, the, the DVD print that Lions Get Pet is pretty good. It does look very, very good. Um, even though, I mean, my player is an upscaling player, so that may have something to do with it. But, um, ah, but no, it is a very, very good print. I don't think there is a UK Blu-ray of this. I may be wrong, but I don't think there is. So if you are after it, that's the one you're going to have to get. But it is fairly cheap. <laughs> so, yeah. So Lance Henriksen lives out in the sticks with his son who. Oh, well, no, I'll leave that bit till I get to the uh, feedback because he looks like a certain character who you may or may yes. not know. <laughs> I don't I don't know but I uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, our friend Gore will fill us in on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Gore made a couple of catches that I did not know. Oh, well there you go. In terms of characters, we'll just have to wait. Thank you, Gore. Yes. Anyway, Lance Henderson, he plays Ed Harley, or should I say Ed Harley, because that's how <laughs> everyone says his name. Ed Harley. <laughs> He lives with his young son out in the sticks. They own a shop, like a grocery store. A load of kids on motorbikes and trucks come along. They start pissing around on their bikes outside the store and they accidentally kill his young son. So absolutely distraught, Ed Halle goes into the woods (laughs) with the body of his young son where he goes to the house of a witch who for some reason is called Haggis. Uh, Maybe because she's got the complexion of a Haggis, I don't know. And yeah, she proceeds to bring... She can't bring him back to life, but what she can do is resurrect the demon Pumpkinhead, who will take revenge for Ed Harley. But there is a price to pay. That's right. What is the price, Chris? It's three ninety nine, including taxes. <laughs> the price is that Ed Harley's soul will be damned. Yes. Which, in the big scheme of things, doesn't mean much, because we never actually see what happens. <laughs> but I think it basically means that over time... Ed Harley will turn into Pumpkinhead, or Pumpkinhead will turn into him. That's right. To become right. one, so to speak. <laughs> when we get to the when we get to the gripping 
TV movies, we can answer some of these questions. You might be able to. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, that's it. His son dies. Uh, so, he gets a witch to call on Pumpkinhead to take revenge on the kids. Uh, but, obviously, by the end of the film, he realizes he's made a bit of a mistake and doesn't want anyone else to die. Which is a damn shame, because there's not a lot you can do to stop Pumpkinhead. That's right. That's right. And this is after all of the, the truly... Uh, Asshat kids have died, mind you. There's only there's one that's uh, very nice that's left. Well, there's two that are nice, and mm. one of them unfortunately does by the farm, but the other one is, you know, that's the final girl. I've got to say, as much as I like Lance Henriksen's performance in this, and I think he did really well. I think this is one of his best performances outside of Bishop. I think it's probably his best performance. Mm. I think he, he sold the, the the grieving father thing yep. uh, with his son. Absolutely, I thought it was brilliant. But I've got to side with Pumpkinhead because I wanted those fuckers to die and all. I know, right? They really were some of the most horrible bastards <laughs> you've ever seen in any sort of horror slasher type film. That's right. That's right. None of them you rooted for, did you? Uh, the couple with the camera, the kind of hippie couple. Yeah. I, I, rooted, I rooted for them because they seem like good people, but they sure were. How the hell did they hook up with the other asshats? I'll have no idea. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. So, yeah, so you already sort of rooted for Pumpkinhead a lot in this. Yeah, absolutely. So Pumpkinhead itself, like you said, the practical effects in this are really, really good. Bit of a nod to Alien here and there, you reckon? Yeah, it, it you know, that uh, shape of that head, absolutely. I yes. Mean, it really does. It, it does seem like it. Yeah, I think there's an obvious sort of Alien uh, references in there. Yep. But, but, yeah, it's quite an effective looking demon. I like some of the deaths in it are pretty cool. Absolutely. Lots of large claws and slashings and stabbings and all sorts of things, which is good fun. Um, but my favourite aspect of the film is, and I think Gore touches on this in his feedback as well, is the settings. Especially when Ed Halle goes into the woods <laughs> to see the witch. Yes. And that's where it goes into evil dead territory for me. We were proper cabin in the woods with the swamp stuff and backlighting and all this going on. I think... <laughs> Absolute. It really sets the scene for almost a fairy tale uh, vision of a witch in a forest, you know. That's right. That's right. And I like the actual look of the witch as well. Uh, yep. Haggis, yep. as she's called. <laughs> played by God. Florence Schofler. And I hope she doesn't really look like that. I'm going to see if I can find a picture. No. <laughs> what? What? Haggis. Haggis is what? It's something stuffed in something stuffed in something. Haggis is it's a Scottish dish and it's I've had it. It tastes like really really stodgy mincemeat. It's is it sheep's intestines and pig's intestines or something? I can't, I can't even know. I'm so pissed. I don't care what I, I eat anyway. But yeah, yeah. There's I've had haggis. And I quite liked it. Of course you have. Of course I have. Why wouldn't I? Oh yeah, very stodgy mincemeat. If you do have it, you won't want too much of it. But the, I was pissed when I ate it, so I'm sort of ate too much. So I probably don't want it anymore. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Anyway, yeah, Haggis, she's a great character. I like the lines that she has because she's almost reluctant to bring Pumpkinhead back. But, you know, she also wants to as well. Yes. I really like the dynamic between Haggis and Ed Harley, or Ed Halle, when they're in the cupboard. In the cupboard? In the cabin. <laughs> I'll start again. <laughs> I really like the dynamic between Ed Halle and Haggis when they're in. He's trying to get her to cast a spell, and she's trying to make him say the name Pumpkinhead, 
and he's reluctant. He, she's reluctant to do the spell, and he's reluctant to say the name. Right. There's this weird dynamic that goes on between them, which I really like. This is after he's dug up the bones in Razorback Hollow. Oh yes, the cemetery full of bodies of people who mm-hmm. weren't liked, or something like that. Isn't it? That's right. Almost yeah. looks like Pet Cemetery, huh? I had that thought as well. Yes, it does. It's one, even though this was made first, but there are. You could watch this film and say you look at. There are lots of nods to other films. There's a bit of Alien, a bit of Evil Dead, a bit of Pet Cemetery. Yep, yep. I think if you take into all those into account, there's no reason not to like this film because it's such a it's a horror film, pure and simple. Yeah, it is, and it's an entertaining one. I did want to ask you though, as you are stateside, you know all the other characters that live around the forest. Uh, what's he called? The guy who plays George Buck Flowers' character, Mister Wallace. Okay. Yep. Do you really have people who live about two centuries behind everyone else like that? Um, probably not. Not anymore. It just feels... I know they're supposed to say that they're representing people who live away from the big city in the forest and all that, but it felt like something from uh, Mark Twain. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's probably a little... Exaggerated. A little... Yes, yes, yes. And this is this is com- this is coming from spending ten years in West Virginia and having driven all over some of the poorest parts of West Virginia as well. So yeah, I mean yeah. E- even the uh, mutants in Wrong Turn had a grasp of twentieth century technology. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yes. yeah, the guy, the people who live in the cabin here, when you see them in the cabin and they're sat there with by the fire eating their soup or whatever, you think, am I in medieval times or what? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Have we switched have we switched to nineteen seventies Hills Have Eyes? It's not even as up to date as that. That's <laughs> That's true. That's true. It did, yeah. it just it's... felt I know what they're going for, but it just felt like they were forcing it a little bit too much. Anyway, so yeah, Pumpkinhead, it's a great straight ahead horror film. If you like eighties horror films, there's a lot in it to love. Absolutely good practical effects, great kills, just all around good stuff. Yeah, and I think if you were to put it on a double bill with maybe Evil Dead or something like that, you'd have a great night with it. Absolutely. It's one of those types of films. Yep. So, on that basis, I've given it a solid four Ed Hollies out of five. I gave it a four out of five Haggises myself. Oh, you've gone for the Haggis. Oh. <laughs> you bet you have. Right. So, solid fours from us then. You know, there's actually an ingredient in Haggis that makes it uh we can't we can't get it over here uh, it? they're not allowed to uh it's like the sheep hearted lungs or something right i i don't I, I one of those weird things that's in it is uh we're not allowed to serve it over here so we can't even get genuine haggis here oh you bloody americans i know you I have know. to bastardize everything don't you of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh well i don't know what i'm moaning about it's a scottish thing i'm not scottish i don't care <laughs> that's right <laughs> It just so happened that when I had it, the person who was serving it was Scottish, so that's why we had it. Ah, there you go. There you go. So there you go. Anyway, should we move on? If we might. Oh, go on. It only gets better from here. Uh, That's right. Well, no, Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, 1993. Let's play a trailer. Windows barred. Guard dogs prowling in the yard. 
won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will. From Pumpkinhead. Tim, Danny, he's here. Right then, Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, which sounds very rude, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Directed by Jeff Burr, who we've had on the show before. Starring Andrew Robinson, Amy DeLenz, J. Trevor Edmund, Hill Harper, Alexander Polinsky, John Gattins, Roger Clinton, and Joe Unger. All the top names. Yep, that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> Blood Wings just sounds like a slang word for um, a lady's sanitary product to me. Yes, yes. I say, yes. have you, have you, are you wearing your blood wings today, dear? We're going to hell. <laughs> Fuck it, everyone else is going, we may as well. That's right. Uh, no, there used to be a, uh, like an agony aunt type, uh, lady over here called Claire Rayner who used to do these adverts for, um, ladies' sanitary products that come now with wings. So they grab onto your underwear. Yes. Yeah, and that's always what I think of when I hear blood wings. Hey, yeah, you got your blood wings on, dear. Anyway. <laughs> do you have a synopsis for this one? I do have a synopsis. Could you tell <laughs> Jeff Burr? Because nobody did. <laughs> I know. Go on then. Oh, thrill-seeking teenagers resurrect a demon from his grave, and a, ruddy, a bloody ruddy? rampage for revenge ensues. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. So... We've got Jeff Burr directing. We've seen Jeff Burr here before, haven't we? Uh, I don't know, have we? Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Oh, Jesus, help me. He's also okay. done a couple of the Puppet Master films. He's one of them. If you want a sequel, here's who you go to. <laughs> and, and as I said at the time when we did Texas Chainsaw, I think Jeff Burr is a very capable horror director. He's never going to be up there with any of the top names, but... When you look at a lot of these franchises, you look at the sequels right, and who's right. made them. If you see his name, you think, well, his his film's likely to be pretty solid. Although that theory doesn't always hold true when you look at Pumpkinhead 2. No, no, no. But as we'll see, it's not the worst of the bunch. It's not the worst. I first saw this about three years ago. I was actually sent a, a review copy because it was released on DVD over here by uh, 101 Films. Okay. So they sent me a copy and I reviewed it. And I do believe my written review is on ancientslumber.wordpress.com. Very nice. So you can go over there and see my full review there. So let's get into it here. We've got Andrew Robinson, who we've seen in Hellraiser. That's right. That's right. He plays uh, Frank's brother. (laughs) He plays Lance Henriksen's brother. No, he doesn't. Hellraiser. Wait a minute. That's Henriksen. Who plays Frank? I know. Oh, God's sake. You're Sean, stupid, weren't you? Sean Chapman plays Frank in Hellraiser. Okay. I was saying in this sequel, he plays Lance Henriksen's brother, but oh, the joke's gone now. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> right, start again. Andrew Robinson, oh. who we saw in Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, I got it now. <laughs> plays Sean Braddock, who is a sheriff who is returning to the town where he grew up to be their sheriff there, and some things happen. Somebody dies, Pumpkinhead comes back, and Andrew Robinson has to make things right again. He's basically it. Now, this film. You often hear that phrase, so bad it's good. Yes. I think this is one of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. This film is pretty terrible. Yep. On the surface, I think you you, you hope everyone in the town dies except yes. for the sheriff and his daughter. Yeah. You hope See, everyone in the town dies. Because I like Andrew Robinson as an actor. I think he's good. I do too. He's all. He's in good films. He's in Dirty Harry. He's in Cobra. He's in Hellraiser. You see him, you ah, Andrew Robinson. He he'll it, be a nice, solid performance. And then you look at Pumpkinhead. Or in Hellraiser. What? Shut up. <laughs> Shut your face. I think somebody told Andrew Robinson that he was in a different film. I think so too. <laughs> because I don't think he's terrible in this film, but it doesn't. His performance doesn't fit with how bad everyone else is. It would appear that him and him and Jeff Burr. Uh, yeah. Didn't get on the same page, and Andrew showed up, put on a cop uniform, and phoned in the performance. Yeah. Oh, he's obviously cashing a paycheck. Yes. But yes. he's head and shoulders above everybody else. That's right. And when it comes to cashing a paycheck, wait till we get to the next one. There's a lot of paycheck cashing. Oh, oh yeah. They're all down at the bank cashing their paychecks then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'd have been a queue down the bank that day. But yeah, Amy DeLenz, daughter of oh. Mickey the monkey, Mickey the monkey, yes, plays his daughter. She's not bad. She's all right. No, yeah, she is. A- absolutely, she is. She's all right. That's it. That's the two people in the film that you think, okay, I, I can get behind these people. Yeah. You've got J. Trevor Edmund, who plays Jenny's boyfriend. He is fucking awful. If you don't know who he is, he plays the boyfriend in Return of the Living Dead 3. Oh, God. I haven't even seen that movie, but now I don't want to. Have you never seen that? No. Oh, it's a great film. Done by Brian Usner. Great film, but he's in it and he's He did uh, Reanimator, right? He did the two Reanimator sequels and he was involved. He was the producer on the first one. Oh, Return the Living Dead 3 is a good film, except for J. Trevor Edmund, who's fucking awful. And nice to see he's consistent. He was awful in this and he was awful as a person in this as well. Yeah. This, This was done in 1993. And those kids, they tried to throw them into some kind of a John Hughes type of story yes. that they wrote in the 1980s. Yes, but oh, but oh, it has the hell. look of a 90s film, a 90s TV film. Yes, yes. It's exactly what it is. Um, yes. So, yeah, in this story, it's the teenage kids led by J. Trevor Edmonds' character. They actually go to the house of the witch, who isn't Haggis this time. She's got a different name. In fact, I'm going to see. She's called Miss Miss Ozzy in this film. And I like Haggis better. I like Haggis better. But yeah, Miss Ozzy is the supposed witch in this film. And J. Trevor Edmund basically beats her up and leaves her for dead, burns her house down. And that's what brings Pumpkinhead back. Which, so it's, the mythology is slightly different in this film. Yes. And also different is the look of Pumpkinhead itself. Because we've gone from the sort of grand majesty of aliens. And it now looks like... Um, I don't know. You know those little sort of animated sections in, um, oh, what's the film? I don't know. What is the film? Oh, 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 I had it in my head just then. You know, um, Tales of Halloween? Yes. You know, there's that short that take on Friday the 13th and there's that stop motion little creature in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It reminded me of that. Okay. I just I don't know why. <laughs> Pumpkinhead itself is very scaled down in this one. Yeah, but not the worst pumpkin head either. No, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, compare. It's it's like comparing the aliens. It's, compare the Predator from the film Predator, and then look at the one in Alien versus Predator. Yes, 
Yes, Th- that's the exactly. difference. That's the difference. It, it just looks smaller, scaled down, not really very threatening. It's probably about the same size as the people in the film, so you're thinking, well, I could, pro- I could probably take it out, a couple of swift ups, do it, to be honest. <laughs> swift kick yeah. to the back of the knees. And, yep. yeah, <laughs> it just it doesn't feel like there's much of a threat in this film. No, no, not except at all. For, except from Andrew Robinson trying to persuade it to let his daughter go at the end, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Let her go, please. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been a good performance if it had been in another film. The fact it's in this film, so, oh no, god dear. That's right. But, but they had that, they had that rapport going, and then I don't remember, but something came in and took away his, um. Mojo. Oh, it was the, it was the rednecks with the shotguns. Oh, you've got to have them in there, yeah. They came and started shooting, and he's screaming, no, don't shoot, and. That's uh, right, yeah. Oh, yes, because, uh, yeah, Pumpkinhead has, is formed from the body of a child that Andrew Robinson's character was friends with when he was little. (laughs) No, his father, the judge, was friend, was. Oh, no, no, you're right. Yes, yes. Yes, because there's that flashback of when he was little and he played with the the deformed child. And the deformed child got killed by the bullies. Who are, some of them are the fathers of the (laughs) little shits. I think it's the greasers from Sometimes They Come Back. They're in this film. And they kill the deformed child, and the deformed child comes back as Pumpkinhead, who Andrew Robinson doesn't want the rednecks to shoot because he's friends with him, and he's got his that's about he's got his toy truck in amongst the fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this film is oh, utter, utter bollocks, but I love it. I, it is. It's so much fun to watch. Oh, and it's not the worst one. And it's not the worst. It's still the second best Pumpkinhead film. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I tried to be serious for a bit, but I can't. No, this film is complete pants, but it's so much fun. It, it really is. It, it, it is. It's one of those, it's bad enough to be good. Yeah. It's typical 90s, six years after the original. We've got a franchise. We don't know what to do with it. Um, there's a good chance this is from a script that was intended for something else, which probably explains why the mythology is all over the place. <laughs> By the way, I've already recorded the uh, outro section for um, this podcast, and I've used a clip of Andrew Robinson doing the uh, rhyme in it, because the pumpkin head rhyme that is in the first film is different from the one that's in the second film. Of course it is. Of course it is. So you can get to hear a little bit of his delivery. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about this film, really. It's stupid, it's dumb, it's very scaled down from the first film, but... It's one of those films where if, you, if you're with a group of mates and you want to put on something dumb you can laugh at, it's perfect. That's right. It's absolutely perfect. I won't hear a bad word against it, to be honest, because I really do enjoy it every time I've watched it. And I have watched it a few times. Get a, get a couple of Miller Lite tall boys, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, if, that, if that's your thing, yeah. A few drinks and whatever. Now, on my reviewing scale, I always go on anything under a three... No, sorry, anything over a three is a recommend. Anything under a three, you take your chances. Right. Based on that, I'm giving Pumpkinhead 2, two and a half. Two and a half. Really? Two and a half Ed Harleys out of five. I went with three Haggises. Oh, you... I like it. I can't recommend it. In my heart of hearts. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got a reputation as, as a horror film reviewer. Maybe a small one. Amongst a few select people, but it's there. <laughs> and if I was to rec- I, recommend I've this got a, film, 
I've got a reputation as recommending shite, so I'm okay with this. Oh, yeah, you're all right with that. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I was to recommend this film in any way, shape, or form, I would get absolutely... I would get the villagers with the pitchforks outside my front door. The funny thing is you have to recommend it, but you have to recommend it with, it's so bad it's good, you have to be able yeah. to laugh a little. I'm going two and a half, but I sort of recommend it with caution. There if, you go. If, you know, you know, we got a penchant for bad sequels on here, you know, that's what we do. It's certainly, I would put this head and shoulders above, you know, a cu- even a couple of the Texas Chainsaw films, you know, which I love dearly, but I'd put this above them, above those later Hellraiser sequels. You know, above mm. some of the Halloween sequels, it's definitely oh, better than them. It's more fun. There's always something happening, but it, it, but it's just bad. about just about anything is better than. Well, I won't say that, but this is certainly better than Halloween Six. Uh, yeah. I suppose if you put them both in front of me and said, "Watch one right now," I'd probably plump for this. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. We do not need any more Cult of Thorn. We're okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, say it's a Jeff Burr sequel, so you know you you know what you're going to get. Uh, but I'm sticking with two and a half. I, I, in good conscience, I couldn't put it as a recommend. But <laughs> oh god! So okay, oh. with that in mind, let's fast forward. Let's uh, go forward oh, if we must to 2006. Thirteen years ahead. <laughs> yeah, they basking in the glorious success of Pumpkinhead two. Pumpkinhead, ashes to ashes. Let's play a trailer. Some small towns bury their secrets, but not deep enough. After 20 years, Pumpkinhead is back to seek revenge. Ashes to Ashes on DVD. The next installment of the Pumpkinhead series. Right. TV movie. Pumpkinhead, Ashes to Ashes, 2006. Directed by Jake West. There you go. Starring Lance Henriksen. <laughs> Doug Bradley. <laughs> oh, it's getting good, isn't it? And there's one more. Is there? Yes. Go on. What? It's been two weeks since. Did you not know that Kane Hodder was in this movie? Oh yes, I, yes, Kane Hodder's in it. I was getting to him. Sorry, I'm going down my list. So yeah, we've got some bona fide horror legends here. We got right. Lance Henriksen. We got Doug Bradley. We got Kane Hodder, and that's where the good stuff ends. Because then we yeah, got... we got a shitty movie. Yeah, I can't even be bothered to fade anyone else out. I do. There's Lisa McAllister, Tess Panzer, Emmanuel Parvu. Do you know who they are? No, I don't know. Still, they've made more films than I have. So there you go. But anyway, go on then, tell us what this is about. Oh, Jesus. As if anyone knows. If anyone cares. No. Oh, my God, this is terrible. I don't think Lance Henriksen cared very much. This is just, I don't, oh, God, I'm not, that's a long. A small backwards community has discovered that the local mortician has been cutting corners and dumping the bodies of their loved ones in a nearby swamp. And somehow, somehow, pumpkin it comes back. There you go. Yes. That'll do. And, and in amongst this is a doctor who's involved in illegal organ do- <laughs> organ do- <laughs> business. <laughs> right, then. <laughs> 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 
Apparently, he's dumping the bodies of his illegal donor harvesting victims in the same swamp that the mortuary guys did. I don't. God, you got more out of it than I did. Anyway. Oh God. As you can tell, we're not taking this one very seriously. This is a TV movie that is something to do with the Sci-Fi Channel. Yes. That tells you where you're at. Now, the Sci-Fi Channel has given us Sharknado and has given us Sharktopus. Okay. Classics. Because you know what you're getting when you go into them. Yeah. This one? This is deceiving, this one, isn't it? This is just... This is so bad, it's bad. Let's uh, let's break this down. We've got Pumpkinhead. Yes. A, a franchise that's not up there with Freddy and Jason and all that, but respectable horror monster, okay? We've got a director, Jake West, who is a British director who's made a few good films, and he also did those uh, video nasty documentaries that we love so much. How the hell did he come up with this? Uh, Well, I don't know. We've got Doug Bradley. The legendary Doug Bradley of Pinhead. Yes. Fan. We've got Lars yep. Henriksen back again as Ed Harley. And. But he's a much well-dressed Ed Harley. He's a few pounds heavier. Must be the, uh, the afterworld. <laughs> Obviously like their portion sizes. We've got Haggis back. <laughs> yes. Different actress, but she's back. Yep. And of course we've got Kane Hodder in here as well somewhere. So. Yep. It's, it's looking good. The ingredients are good. What went wrong? I, I, I don't. I, I don't even know. This is really two movies. This is a Pumpkinhead movie and a Doug Bradley as an illegal organ harvester movie. Right. I'm going to say this now. As a as a lifelong horror fan, and, you know, I, I, I do a little bit of writing here and there, and, you know, I, I like yep. to think I know my horror. Yep. Doug Bradley, as Pinhead, is one of the legendary horror monsters, one of the greatest horror performances, I think. And I know a lot of people, there are characters in horror films and everyone always says, oh, you can't get another actor to play that part. And they did that with Pinhead and look what happened. Yes, absolutely. And I've got every respect for Doug Bradley. I think, you know, he made those Hellraiser films as far as I'm saying, those early ones. Doug Bradley is Pinhead, period, end of sentence. That's yes. it. There's no discussion. I won't hear a word about it. He's fantastic, you know. And if I ever met the man, I would shake him by his hand and say, thank you for giving us Hellraiser and Pinhead. Absolutely. He's fucking awful in this. Oh, God. I put this on a par... Have you seen Wrong Turn 5? No. He's in Wrong Turn 5. Oh, God help me. Really? Doing the American accent. Well, I think it's American. I couldn't quite tell. It was either the, American or Swedish. The, the problem... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There are a few shots, and I wish I'd thought to write them down, but there are a few shots of Doug Bradley in this character. Hmm? Or he is giving you a pinhead look. Oh, yes, yes. I know exactly and what I mean. all I can see he, he, is He narrows pinhead. his eyes slightly, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. And then he's got the, the way he moves his mouth and the way pinhead talk. But yeah. he's not talking like that. But it's like he's doing pinhead. <laughs> I absolutely get why they cast Doug Bradley in this film. Oh, absolutely. They got to do something. You know, and it's so other horror actors get these. I mean, you look at Robert England's work over the last 20 years. He does these sorts of films as well. So... But Robert England gets away with it. <laughs> he gets away with being Freddy without the makeup. <laughs> because he's good. Doug Bradley can't do Pinhead without the makeup. No. And no. he can't do American accents. No. <laughs> and it's painful. It is really, really painful. And it's, it pains me to say that, because I do like Doug Bradley's Pinhead. I think he's really good. Absolutely. Yeah, so he's a bit of a 
non-entity, really. Lance Henriksen is back as Ed Halle, or the ghost of Ed Harley, we should say. <laughs> a few pounds heavier, he's had his teeth fixed, so that, you know, afterlife must be treating him all right. <laughs> exactly. But why is he here? What does he do? Uh... It's equal to Sherry Moon Zombie in Halloween 2. Yes. He pops up. Why? Cut that out. No need for him to be in it. In fact, fact, he's a bit like Pinhead in Hellraiser 5. He just pops up, says a couple of lines and buggers off. What was the fucking point in that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's... The (laughs) the plot in this film is weird. It's to do with harvesting organs in the middle of the fucking forest. Under the under the most sanitary of conditions. Yes, Doug Bradley's dress is a doctor, but he's dressed up as a 16th century preacher for some reason, <laughs> delivering stuff in a stupid accent. Pinhead, no, not Pinhead, Pumpkinhead in itself looks like a glove puppet. Um, uh, to be fair, to be fair, some of the practical effects in this film are quite good. Yeah, that's right. This is a sci-fi film that's got a bit of a budget. Uh, yeah, and and uh, there are some CGI effects and. Is this oh, the fucking now, now, now we do see some flying in this one. Yeah, I say the special effects are good to a point. <laughs> if you got a close up on Pumpkinhead and he's either slashing someone or just snarling, it's quite good. When you try and see him moving, oh dear, it looks like something from a puppet show. He uses those wings though. Oh yeah, we've gone full fucking tremors now, haven't we? Yeah, it's. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Again, this is. 12, 13 years after the last film, I don't know who decided that this was a good idea. Oh, it's filmed. It's one of these films that's made in Eastern Europe, but pretending to be, you know, West Virginian woods, that type of thing. <laughs> I know, right? And we'll get there again with the next film as well. It's filmed, filmed entirely in. I think it's Romania. The dark, the dark with poor lighting, because I don't think they had a lighting budget. It was filmed in Romania, yes. <laughs> Filming location, Bucharest, Romania. There you go. Of course it was. Doubling as West Virginia or, you know, New Orleans or anywhere like that, really. You really couldn't tell by the myriad of accents. Well, you couldn't tell by Doug Bradley's Swedish (laughs) come South African accent. (laughs) Oh, God, it was bad. It's bad. There's no plot, really. There's no... St- I've got to be honest, I got about an hour into this and I really didn't know what was going on. I just knew that Pumpkinhead would appear and somebody has to get rid of him. <laughs> That's... Yeah. I didn't know who that somebody was. Uh There's no sort of quote-unquote hero, so to speak, of any description. Nope. Um, I suppose there's the character played by Lisa McCaskill, called Dahlia. I think she's supposed to be the sort of heroine... I didn't really care. Doug Bradley's shit in it. Lance Henriksen is pointless. Even Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder's a redneck, isn't he? Yes. Best thing in the film. Kane Hodder as a redneck. Because I think that's what redneck should look like. Yeah, and it was only like 20 seconds. So. He's, yeah, he's in it. Blink and you miss it. But he's he's got his paycheck just ahead of Doug Bradley and Lance Henriksen down the bank cashing it. It's a shit film. Yep. Jake West, you're better than this. Doug Bradley, you're better than this. Lance Henriksen, you're better than this. Kane Hodder, you're better than this. It's terrible. But but funnily enough, not the worst one. Ah, um, <laughs> it's a tough call. So what did you score this one? I gave this one a one. Okay, I actually gave. Oh shit! Did I give it that much? Uh, I gave it. 
one and a half. One and a half because I did laugh at Doug Bradley a few times. And I like uh, some, some of the effects I like. I do like some of the effects. I will say, if you do decide you want to buy this film, like I fucking did a couple of years ago, in the UK, the UK DVD is out of print. So if you want to buy it, it's a second-hand copy. It's probably about 20 quid. So don't waste your money. I've got a foreign copy. I think it's... 20 quid? Yeah, I know. For this? Yeah, which is probably what they paid Kane Hodder for his 22nd appearance. But I have got a... I think it's... Either Swedish or Danish DVD, which I got for about three ninety nine, <laughs> and even God. that's too much. So yeah, if you hunt around, you can get a foreign edition. Don't spend your money on a second-hand British edition because you'll regret it. Yes, yes, you will. You will. Yeah, it's been. It was released over here by Sony in about two thousand seven, but it's been deleted pretty quickly. You can understand why. <laughs> Blu-ray, forget it. So, with that in mind, should we move on to the next one? Pumpkinhead, Blood Feud. 2007. Wow. Another TV movie. Let's play a trailer. (laughs) We're not talking about an animal. We're not talking about a man. This is a thing straight from hell. The Hatfields and McCoys. American legends of rage, wrath, and vigilante justice. But when forbidden love threatens to mix family blood, no one can stop the demonic revenge. Lance Henriksen. Pumpkinhead 4. Blood Feud. On DVD. Right, Pumpkinhead Blood Feud, 2007, directed by Mike Hurst and starring Amy Manson, Bradley Taylor, Rob Freeman, Bob Gunter, Lance Henriksen, and Richard, yeah. Yeah, and Richard Durden. Is this, now, this is the movie where Lance Henriksen wears a white shirt, right? Yes, I think so, yes. And so all I can think about is A White Horse and Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. <laughs> I can't imagine, I know Rob Zombie has his critics, I can't imagine that any time he ever sat down and said, do you know what I need for Halloween 2? <laughs> I've just seen those Pumpkinhead sequels, and that's what I need. I don't know. It's a viable theory. Do you want to read a synopsis? <laughs> I can't. All I can say is it's got the Hatfields and the McCoys in it. <laughs> yeah. There's two families who live in the woods. It's sort of a precursor to George Romero's Survival uh, of the Dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's two warring families. Even better, even better. I've just looked at the synopsis on INDV, and it's supposed to be in Virginia, that forest. (laughs) And the Hatfields and McCoys don't even live in Virginia. (laughs) Yeah, it says Virginian forest. I scroll down to filming locations. Bucharest, Romania. Oh, God help us. God help us. Yes, there's two oh, families live in the woods. They hate each other. Someone dies. Pumpkinhead is resurrected. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is sci-fi I, channel stuff. I, I Yes. There, I, that is all I can say about the movie. I, I literally, literally. This has got some decent special effects, again, I think. I don't think it... In fact, I would say the effects in this are probably better than the last film. There's not so many um, stop-motion puppet things in here. Well, that's because they 
minimize the pumpkin head figure thing. I'm hoping it's because Kane Hodder stood on the original puppets and told them to fuck <laughs> off, but just ripped their heads off in front of them. You're fucking using that again. But that's probably not true. Oh, uh, I keep I keep wanting to think that they've recycled the raw head Rex puppet suit into the pumpkin oh, head yeah, puppet suit. Oh yeah, raw head Rex. I didn't think of that one. Yeah. Right? I keep yeah. thinking. Yeah. That's a better film than this. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it Absolutely it is. Yeah. I mean, Lance Henriksen can't save this film. If you thought he was pointless in the last film, he's... Well, he's got a few more lines in this film. But well, that's... you know, he needed a bigger check. Yeah, he had some more lines to say. Because let's be honest, nobody else in this film's got anything to say. There's two warring families... And why do horror sequels tend to go this way when I don't. it's got nothing to do with Pumpkinhead? The no. mythology's changed from the first film and the second film. It doesn't this, look good. The this acting's is, this shite. Is, this is Romeo and Juliet, only yeah. Romeo's, Romeo's sister dies, and that's why Pumpkinhead comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that said, you know when we spoke about Return of the Living Dead 3? Yeah. That's a Romeo and Juliet story as well. Oh, dear Lord, help. So okay. It's quite a good one, though. It's better than this shit. Anyway. Yeah, Pumpkinhead, Blood Feud. Do you know what? I, I can't even remember what happens at the end. How do they kill it? I don't even remember. No. I don't care. That's a good review of a film. We've got nothing to say about it. No, it is. It's, I, I gave it a point five. I couldn't go any lower. If I could have gone a point oh five, I would have. Oh, I was a little more generous than you. I went with one and a half. How the hell do you come up with one and a half? I don't know. It's a couple of weeks ago since I watched it. So I must have done something. Something must have liked. God. Oh, do you want to read my letterbox review? I put, and I put, I've just called it out. I put, and I thought the third one was shit. At least that had Doug Bradley in it. This one has got terrible acting, the pacing of an ITV miniseries, and an Alien 3 knockoff prop as a monster. Total toss. There you go. Yeah, I think the pumpkin head in this one does look like something from Alien 3. It's, God, it's horrible. Yeah. You know when you first saw Alien 3 and thought, well, it looks a little bit like the Alien, but not quite. They've done something different and you couldn't figure out what. Yep. And that's what this pumpkin head looks like. <laughs> All right in the close-ups. And when you see him in wide shots, you think, fuck it, no, that looks bad. I know. God. It, it, yeah, there's no Stan Winston here. No, there's nothing. Uh, yeah, bad film. One and a half. Don't bother with it. It really is yeah, don't, don't. Again, like the last film, if you... Desperately need a DVD of it. Uh, it's out of print. Um, it's not as expensive to buy as the other one secondhand, though. You could probably get it for under a tenner. I got a copy for about, again, about three ninety nine. Mine's an ex-rental copy. Ah, yeah, there you go. There you go. But as a completist, I own all four. Oof. So do I. But then again, I also own Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Of course you do, as every good God-fearing citizen should. <laughs> There has been talk over the past few years of a Pumpkinhead oh remake. Oh, God. Why? What do you think? What do you think of that? Why? No. 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 It doesn't need a remake, does it? No, it doesn't. It's only really one story you can tell with it, and they did that in the first film quite well enough. Yeah, well, you know, that hasn't stopped anybody yet. No, that's true. Fright Night remake. <laughs> other remakes. You know, that hasn't stopped anybody. That's true, but I don't see... I mean, obviously, if they made it now, the Pumpkinhead monster would be completely CGI. Yes, absolutely it would. I don't really see what you could do with that story to make it any better, to make it... You know, if it's... They had an idea for a film. They made the film. 
they had this mythology, and none of the sequels took up that same mythology. They all varied it in some way. Right. So it just feels very confused. As a franchise, it feels very confused, very meandering. <laughs> and that's because it is. And that's because it is. So let's rank them in order of favourites. I don't think it's too difficult to work out. No. Number one is the original. Yep. Number two is number two. And three and four, they're pretty much equal. You take your chances. I'll probably say go for Ashes to Ashes next, just because of Doug Bradley's accent. You need to hear it. <laughs> yep, we and ranked then, them both. We ranked them all the same. We gone the same on this one. I thought we would. Yeah. Yeah. Is it raining your way? Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's pissing it down out there. Yeah, that's what I can hear. Oh, that means all the listeners, both of our listeners, will be able to hear that. That's right. That's right. Oh dear. Talking of our listeners, we've got some feedback. We do. We do. We do. Should we do a bit of feedback? We got feedback from our friend Gore Blimey. I uh, always love it when the Gore gives us feedback. Love oh, Gore. yes. Gore Blimey from over the Trilogy of Terror podcast. And we're still waiting for that Steve Miner episode, Gore. So hurry it up. Come on, son. <laughs> now I know. Gore's had a lot of things going on recently. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, been quite busy. He's quite been quite busy. a busy boy, but I'm sure that episode is coming and it will be worth the wait. Absolutely. In the meantime, he's sent us some feedback, so let's play that. Hi, Chris and Myron. Gore Blimey here from the Trilogy of Terror podcast. I've got to admit, I've never seen any of the Pumpkinhead movies before, and as I've got a copy of the first one, I watched that earlier on. I'm looking forward to hearing what you made of it, but in the meantime, this is what I thought. It opens with a prologue part, and I like that a lot. It's got darkness, howling wind, mist, weird noises, and creepy scarecrows. And best of all, you've got no idea what's going on, which adds to the eeriness, and it's a great start. I like the way they tease you with the monster, particularly in the first half. Most of the time you only see it from further away, or maybe just get one of its hands or a victim being dragged. You don't have many opportunities to get a really close look at it. The actual creature design is quite striking, especially when it's standing there in the mist. I think the face animatronics are really effective too. The only thing I find more scary than Pumpkinhead is Haggis, an evil witch who, for some reason, is named after a Scottish meat product. She has some great makeup, and I love what they do with the backlighting. The film's got some good visuals. Colour filters are used a lot, blue for outside scenes, orange for inside, with fog machines working overtime. There's a gothic-y look to it, and I love the way they use lighting. The witch's cabin, the derelict church, and the grave setting with the twisty trees and roots, these are the standout scenes for me as far as production design goes. On top of that, whoever did the foley was clearly having a great time sticking in random rat squeaks, fly buzzes, owl hoots, and my personal favourite, the squeaky squeaky sound as Pumpkinhead rubs a victim's face against the window. There's an interesting cast here. Fans of the Big Bang Theory might spot Amy Farrah Fowler as a 12-year-old grubby child. The first victim, who we see pounding on the door in the prologue, also played Michael Myers in Halloween 2. And of course there's B-movie royalty with Lance Henriksen, who gives a really good performance in this even though he does seem to have fathered the Milky Bar Kid. It's all directed by Stan Winston, makeup and special effects guru, famous for working on classics like the Predator movies, the Terminator movies, Monster Squad, Iron Man, Aliens, and of course TV's Manimal. The film is basically a morality tale about seeking revenge. It uses an urban legend type mythology, but plays out like a slasher movie, without the gore or nudity. 
It's atmospheric without being particularly suspenseful. It's not really scary. There's a few jump scares, but they're mostly false ones, like the dog walking into camera shot with a dramatic sound effect, and the inevitable just-when-you-thought-the-killer-was-dead shock twist. It has quite a few horror cliches like that, plus the whole outsiders in peril set up, and when the religious girl tells the others about the monster, they immediately split into two groups of gender stereotypes. The men rush out all machismo, shouting threats and waving guns around, and the women shut themselves in the house and try to convince her she must have imagined it. Having said all that, there's something comfortably familiar about Pumpkinhead. Even though I'd never seen it before, I immediately kind of knew what to expect and that it would be fun to watch. I like the way it looks. I like the strong whiff of 80s VHS horror it gives off. It's a very likeable film, even when you can see its flaws. I've not watched the sequels at all, and I have to say, I've never felt a strong desire to look them up. I've heard rumours they're not that good. If that's the case, I'm looking forward to hearing what you thought of those. Hopefully, it'll stop me being tempted to go and buy them. Right, thanks very much, Gore. Do you see what I mean about the Milky Bar Kid? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the Milky Bar Kid is, do you? I, I'm trying to... <sighs> no, I don't. No. <laughs> uh, over here, there's a chocolate bar called Milky Bar. Okay. White chocolate, and the low, the mascot for it was always a little blonde-haired kid with glasses. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, been adverts for for decades, and you, there used to be a song that you know, the Milky Bar Kid is tough and strong. It was always a blonde-haired kid with glasses. <laughs> so I know exactly what Gore's on about when he says, <laughs> okay, "Okay, you probably didn't get them in America." No, no, no. I, I think I think our sweets are a lot different than yours. I think ours are a lot sweeter than you. Then, oh yes, yeah. Uh, you know, when we say chocolate, I think it's it's got a I, I don't know what it is, but it's certainly a lot sweeter here than over there. Oh yeah, American uh, chocolate is very very different. Yeah, hence why there was such a big uproar when Cadbury's got taken over by Kraft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there you go. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Gore. Yeah, Gore had a couple of uh, points there about Pumpkinhead. He uh, liked the lighting and the setting, same as I did. Exactly. Exactly. And he, he picked up uh, Amy Farrah Fowler, uh, Maya Bilek in here. He picked up what? He picked up uh, a couple of uh, actors. Oh, one yes. played he did, yes. Uh, on The Big Bang Theory, Amy Farrah Fowler. Yeah. And then another one played uh, something in Halloween. Oh, it was Dick Warlock, wasn't it? Yes, that's it. Thank you. Still one of the best names ever. <laughs> Sounds like a porn star, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Hang on. yes. It's... I'm just looking something up. Bear with me, bear with me. Keep oh, talking, God. keep talking. Oh. <laughs> yes, it was Dick um, Warlock. Yeah. He was known as R- Richard Warlock on that film. Ah, okay. Arrow. But yeah, I mean, Gore, I, I think Gore is right in line with uh, what we've said. So I yeah. think... Uh, he, uh, I, I will say one, one, uh, to answer your last question you asked for, it's okay to watch Pumpkinhead 2. Yeah. But at all costs, avoid Ashes to Ashes and Pumpkinhead 4. I was about to say, I think Gore would have a field day with Pumpkinhead 2. Yes. Yeah. And would flog us for even recommending 3 and 4. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, he'd hate them. But you know, I think Gore's the sort of guy, he'd, he'd take Pumpkinhead 2 for what it is. Yes. That's it. Not look any deeper. That's right. Brilliant. Thanks, Gore. Uh, right, we've got some written feedback. Do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'll go first. You go first then. This is from Amanda, our friend over at Made for TV Mayhem podcast. Oh. 
I will say this about their podcast she does with uh, Danny. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely the best retro TV movie podcast um, for United States TV movies. It's top notch. Go listen. It's great stuff. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. I don't have a clue what they're talking about half the time, but it sounds good. <laughs> really obscure well, stuff. Some of it. It is, and I actually have uh, bought movies on their recommendation, like uh, Night, of, Night of the Scarecrow with uh, uh, Larry Drake, one of his Ooh, yes. uh, early performances. Yes, that's a film that I, I want to get hold of. Yeah, where he uh, played a, a mentally challenged uh, man, and then he rolled into the role in a TV show called L.A. Law, oh, yes. where he also played a uh, mentally challenged man. Yes, I do. I do know of that film. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's got some homoerotic overtones. It's good stuff. Good no, stuff. That's why you like it then. <laughs> <laughs> what What is the is it Nightmare or Friday the Thirteenth that has a homoerotic sequel? Not on Elm Street Two. <laughs> oh, we'll get there, sunshine. <laughs> you bet we will. <laughs> oh, with the. <laughs> <laughs> the chip <the gypsy> teacher. <laughs> yeah, I may even bump that one up the list. Actually, <laughs> oh, the <laughs> he makes the kid come back and run laps. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with that nowadays, I tell you. Oh God, no. <laughs> anyway, what does Amanda have to say? <laughs> oh God, you're all right. You're not oh. dying, are you? No, I'm all right. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Hi, guys. I'm really really looking forward to this episode. I'm about 99% positive that I had no idea there was enough Pumpkinhead movies to warn it as a franchise. Well, Amanda, take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Although I do have a vague memory of one of the later sequels being directed to something like the Sci-Fi Channel. In fact, you are correct. More than one of them, Um, I'm actually a fan of the first two, so I'm surprised it fell off my radar. You did not miss anything. I don't have much to say about the first film, though, mostly because I find it a very hard film to watch. I think it's really good and makes for a nice late 80s horror entry. The end of the decade was real slim pickings for theatrical releases, and it was nice to see such a straight-faced monster film come out. Mm, That's a good point, yeah. Exactly. What struck me most about it was the way they spent some time with Lance Henriksen's character and the relationship with his son. When the kid is accidentally killed, it's very upsetting, which is probably why I don't watch this one very often, as I prefer, as I prefer a more escapist fare. Fair point there. Yeah. There's just something really tragic about the whole thing, and the grief is palpable. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying about Lance Henriksen's performance. He really yep. makes you feel for the character. Yeah. Yep. Well done on the part of the filmmakers. To be honest, I remember far less about the young adults who caused the accident and mostly think of the cute kid. I do remember lots of dry ice, though. Wasn't this one kind of foggy and super atmospheric? Yeah. Yes. yes it yes, was yes, like it was. Sam Raimi on Overload, wasn't it? <laughs> now, the second film, Blood Wings, I've seen a bunch of time. It's so fun and amiable. Not scary at all, but the cast and nice pace make it one of my favorite popcorn flicks. I actually really love the late... 80s, early 90s era of direct video. It was a great time for discovery, and it seemed like new stuff was hitting the shelf every week. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if the first time I saw Pumpkinhead 2 was with a group of friends, but I do recall renting this and watching it late at night with a handful of horror buddies and had a blast. The cast. I love Amy Dolan's. No shock there. 
She was such a good lead in these little films, and I'm sad she kind of dropped off of making B-films. And oh shit, I forgot Lillian Chauvin, who also played Mother Superior in Silent Night, Deadly Night, oh, was in this. Yes, yes she is. I forgot that. Also, Steve Cantlay from Dallas shows up and makes me happy. Just so great to see all these beautiful faces. He does. What I, what I said about Amanda and her knowledge of re- retro TV stuff and retro 80s, you, you just can't you can't beat her on this stuff. Steve Cannelly turns up looking remarkably like Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, the weirdest bit of casting is ex-president Bill Clinton's brother, Roger Bubba Clinton, <laughs> who is rocking a head of 80s mullet hair. Yes. I think I mentioned in your Texas Chainsaw Massacre feedback that I know the director of TM... TCM3, and this film, Jeff Burt. He told me that Bill Clinton actually had a copy of Pumpkinhead 2 on Air Force One. So weird, but awesome. Yeah. And now we've got a Pumpkinhead who's actually in charge of Air Force One. <laughs> well played. But I digress. My, my favorite scene off the top of my head is at the end where they are telling Pumpkinhead Tommy to run away. I always like, where's it going to go? New York? <laughs> <laughs> He can't really just join the general population. I will say, though, that as far-fetched as this movie is, I do feel some sympathy for Tommy. And I guess since I just saw The Fun House, I will say it's probably far, probably from that freak factor thing and the fact that you know those characters would probably have a really shitty life. I don't know. It's a strange movie, but highly entertaining and works for me. Hope you guys had a good new year. Best wishes for 2017, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, some... Great points there. Absolutely. So, Bill Clinton had Pumpkinhead 2 on Air Force One. <laughs> I bet that's not the only DVD he had on there. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, thanks, Amanda, and Happy New Year to you and yours as well. Ah, uh, right. I've got some feedback from our good friend, Foster Twelve Trees from Oh, right, Foster. Foster, he sent us some feedback at last. Thank message. you, sir. I think he's the one who rec- who wants us to do uh, Hannibal Lecter trilogy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm hey. sure we can accommodate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for most of those movies. Okay, well, let's hear what Foster has to say. Greetings, chaps. Prior to yourselves mentioning Pumpkinhead as the next subject of the Ancient Slumber podcast, I can say that I'd never heard of the film. I was pleased to discover it had many of the ingredients that I look for in a horror movie, namely the occult, rednecks, and bloody revenge. <laughs> same as me, sir. Same as me. Most of oh, all, God, I was delighted... There's to another see... one. There's another one. <laughs> Most of all, I was delighted to see that it starred the sublime Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. <laughs> The plot sees Henriksen as the grieving father who makes a nefarious bargain with a witch to place a curse on the teenagers who accidentally kill his son in a dirt bike accident. Henriksen gives a superb performance as Ed Halle, the loving father who also has a vicarious connection to Pumpkinhead. In particular, I found the father and son bonding scenes at the beginning of the film very touching, which made the little boy's subsequent death genuinely upsetting. The character of Haggis, the crusty old witch, seems to walk straight off the pages of one of Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the suburban kids all seem to roll off the 80s Hollywood conveyor belt of annoying teenagers, which made it even more satisfying when most of them eventually get mangled by the demon. Amusingly, most of the local yokels resembled a bunch of grubby Victorian paupers and street urchins rather than southern rednecks. That's what I said, yeah? I found the special effects were decent, considering this was part of the slew of middle-budget 90s horror flicks that Hollywood was belching out at the time. 
The Pumpkinhead demon itself was effective, even if it was a lazy hybrid of E.T. and the Xenomorph from Alien. However, I was surprised at the lack of gore and the kills were not particularly inventive. The film was eerily shot and the woodland locations provided a creepy gothic atmosphere. Overall, I found this to be an above-average slice of 80s B-grade tosh, which is largely elevated by Henriksen's great performance. Finally, considering Pumpkinhead has been greenlit for a remake, I pray that they can find a way to somehow crowbar Ryan Reynolds into the films, if only to please the delightful gore blimey. Your very own <laughs> Foster 12 Trees. <laughs> Cheers, Foster. And I'm sure gore blimey will thank you himself as well. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> oh, God help me. <laughs> you know, it, and it's really funny because you wouldn't expect it, but that that kid getting killed is kind of... It, it, it really is. Yeah, I mean, all of our feedbackers have said it, and we said it as well. It's so well done, and you only you're only with Lance Henriksen and the little boy for a few minutes at the beginning of the film, but yeah. it really pays off when the kid does go. And Henriksen is, is, I say, apart from Bishop, it's probably the best acting he's ever done. Yep, exactly. So uh, yeah, it's great that everyone's picked up on that as well. Now, now I, I want to back up with one thing you said. I'm going to challenge on. The acting of Lance Henriksen, um, I think his work in the TV series Millennium was probably the best thing he's done. Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't know. Do you like uh, X-Files? No. Oh, then screw it. You won't like it. <laughs> Answers that one? That it, that it does, buddy. <laughs> he, I think Lance Henriksen, I think he's always got a bit like Doug Bradley. He's, you know, you know what you're going to get. Yep. Yep. But I think if the material's good... Lance Henriksen will be good. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And I think with Doug Bradley, even if the material's good, he's not always good if he's not playing someone who's English. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Much as I love you, Mr. Bradley. <laughs> Seriously, I do. But, I, I, I know. but Yeah. You know. I mean, even even in some of the um, off-pinhead makeup scenes in Hellraiser, yes. he, did very, he did very good. Because yeah. he could keep his voice. and He's in a film called The Cottage. That came out over here a few years ago uh, okay. with with Andy Serkis, and he's really good in that. Okay, All he right. plays like um, a criminal hiding out in this cottage in the woods. Okay, okay. So what that tells me is the director of Ashes to Ashes said, "I want Pinhead without the makeup." Probably. Oh God, help us. Yeah, but then I mean, if you look at the uh, the the IMDb profiles of like Doug Bradley and Lance Henriksen and people. Even Kane Hodder, you know, you look at those films from that period, they did appear in a lot of oh, God, crap, yes. crap scenes. Absolutely. I mean, Wrong Absolutely. Turn 5 has got Doug Bradley and a woman who's in a Hotel Travago advert over here playing a sheriff. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. We will get to the Wrong Turn series because I keep mentioning them and uh, I think we're going to have to do them at some point. Yep, I think so too. Because I love them. So yeah, that puts Pumpkinhead to bed, really. So thanks to all our feedbackers there. Yeah, I've got nothing else to say on it, really. We are done and dusted. I like the first one, and the second one's good for a laugh. Don't bother with the rest. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We've got one more film to look at. Let's talk whaling. Let's talk the whaling. Here's a really pointless trailer. Come on. 
받는 거야? 이 뭐가 이제 이 뭐예요 이거? 나왔다. 차라 며칠 전에 만나면 안 되는 것을 만난 적이 있지. 아내가 그곳을 건드려 버렸어. 똑같아 증상이. 그냥 미끼를 던져본 것이고 자네 딸내미는 그것을 확 물어본 것이고 내 눈깔을 직접 받았어갔다 Did you understand all of that? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Good. If you've seen the film, you have. Right. This is the Wailing from 2016, and I'm not even going to attempt these names. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> it, exactly. Exactly. I would say it's... the director director is Hong Jin Na. Yep. And I'm, that's all I'm going to stick with. So there you go. And he wrote it too. And he wrote it as well. So yep. there we go. Have you got a synopsis? I'm going to let you do the synopsis for this one. Okay. A stranger arrives in a little village, and soon after, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman is drawn into the incident and is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. Ooh. Yeah. Right then. So this is a film from South Korea, and I've got to say, I think South Korea have really stepped their game up with their horror films of late. Well, let's let's look at 2016. We have The Wailing and Train to Busan. Yes. And I was trying to think of that Korean film that you and I both like from a couple of years ago. Is it I Saw the Devil? Yes. Yes, yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. And we both really like that one. So that's from 2010, actually. Blimey, that's a while ago. But yeah, I think South Korea have got a good grasp on, uh, on genre films. And this is one of them. Yes, absolutely. Let's dive into this a little deeper because this is one of those films that sells itself possibly on being one thing, but turns out to be something completely different. And, you know, and we got to warn people, this is a, a typical Asian whore. It's a slow burn mm. and it clocks in at two hours and 30 minutes. Yes, it's very, very long. And I'll, well, I'll get into that near the end when I grade it. But yeah, it's a very long film. It's very, if you've seen films like The Host, I think pacing wise, it's very similar. It gives I you think some, so too. It gives you something at the beginning, it gives you something at the end, but the middle bit is where it starts to sag. It's hard to brace a two and a half hour movie in the middle. I mean, let's be honest, it's yes. tough. It's very, very hard. But like The Host, this is a film that's about characters. Yes. And I think what the, what the Wailing has is a very, very strong lead character. Yes, yes. Who I believe the character's name is Jong-Goo, I want to say. I'm going to scroll down and have a look. Yes. I'm not even going to attempt it, but yes. yes. John Goo. He's a policeman. He's got a wife and a child. And is it his mother or the wife's mother who lives with them? Wife's mother, I believe. The wife's mother. So they all live a pretty normal, boring life. Uh, and the village that they live in uh, soon becomes... Well, people start acting mysteriously. There's like a, a sickness, a plague that's going around. Right. And that the, the sickness is causing them to, like, kill people. 
Yeah, and they sort of become... They're not zombies, but they're sort of like the infected that we've seen in films like 28 Days Later, that type of thing. Uh, and the blame for this disease is put on a Japanese man who has been staying in the village. Yes. And basically the film follows Jonggu as he tries to investigate the Japanese man and Jonggu's daughter becomes infected later in the film. Yes. Uh, so that, that's basically the film. It's quite a simple plot, really, once you get into it. But in typical Korean fashion, it's very convoluted, very drawn out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in between those bits... There are some hell, some action set pieces here. There, there really are, and, and 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 even though it's subtitled, I think the characters do a really good job of trying to brace up the movie for two and a half hours. Yes, it, it's not as bad as you would think for that long of a movie. <laughs> I actually said to my wife when I was watching this, "So, oh, what film are you watching tonight?" And I said, "Oh, I'm watching a, a two and a half hour Korean horror film." And she went, "Oh, good luck." <laughs> Um, you know, and there is that anticipation going in because I, I know you like this film, and I know I've read a lot of other people have uh, a lot of positive stuff about this film. But I was like, two and a half hour South Korean film. I means I don't want to be drawn to the subtitles when I should be watching what's happening on screen. And I've got to be honest, the dialogue in this film isn't isn't too intrusive. It isn't too you you sort of know what they're saying without having to read the subtitles. Yes. Yes. You could you could you could make a mental picture of what 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 you would say in that situation that they're in. They almost bring in places. There's almost this Asian type of comedy in. Oh yeah, yeah. You always have those those slightly sort of slapsticky bits. Yeah, yeah. With facial expressions and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that in there. But I think the main character is so I don't want to say boring because he's not a boring character, but he's so bland, but in a good way that you can relate to. If you know what I mean. There's nothing extraordinary about him. He's not a super cop. Yeah, he's almost like your goofy uncle. He's not John McClane. You know? No, no, no. no, no. no. You know, no, 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 no. And I think that's what, what makes the character so good. And then He's almost like Barney Fife in a way. Yeah, and then <laughs> a, a bit like with Pumpkinhead, the bits where he's with his daughter and the things are happening to his daughter and he can't do anything about it, it's, it's quite affecting in a way. Yes, yes. But for me, the real appeal of the whaling was the um, the action and the violence, which I think was superbly done. Some of the best infected effects that I've seen. Probably, I keep going back to the Dawn of the Dead remake, really, but they're zombies. But I think the effects are on that level. They are. And you're going to find that same, if not even better, in Train to Passant. Oh, right. Oh, good. I look forward to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I... And it's funny because this is one of those movies that takes a couple of twists and turns, but you just kind of like, oh, wait a minute, they're twisting it. Oh, okay. And then you don't realize that, wait a minute, they twisted it again. Now I got to go back and think about it. There's a lot of different styles going on. It's very smartly done. There's, it, it goes zombie film for a bit and then it goes supernatural for a bit. Yep. There's p- police procedure. There's family drama. It's got lots and lots of different things going on. And, I say some of it is drawn out slightly needlessly, but I wouldn't say it's a boring film. Correct, not at all. It it kind of it, it kind of keeps your attention for two and a half hours. It does keep your attention for two and a half hours. So yeah, I've got nothing else to say really. It, it's not without spoiling it, which I don't want to do. So if you like infected films and zombie films and obviously Asian films, The Wailing is a good one. It's one of the yeah. best ones I've seen. It's very, very good. Very good. It's very, very good. On that basis, I have scored it four 
fat Korean policeman out of five. Yep, that's exactly what I gave it. My only issue with it is the length of the film. I think you could trim half an hour off this. I uh, I actually avoided this film for about two weeks and kind of backed it myself into a corner when I was trying to finish up all the 2016 stuff for our podcast. Mm. Uh, I had to watch it. I'm like, why the hell didn't I watch this two weeks ago? It was I looked at the time and it was two and a half hours. and went, screw it. I, I can't do it. <laughs> but don't don't let the time deter you go, go ahead hit play and yeah it, it it'll catch they they start off with a bang right away and they've got a lot at the end and you just have to follow it through the middle i think that's it they start off really well yes and I they think do it, it gets to a point and i think probably about half an hour in something like that and the tone suddenly changes and it slows right down it's done well and i just think that if it were me looking at how we look at films in the western world shall we say i could look at that and say i think it's a little bit too long well and they like you said they've got a lot going on it but there is a lot going on in amongst of all this they've got drama of the town trying to bring some kind of development with the evil developers so i mean it's you know it's got a lot going on so there's enough to keep you for two and a half hours but like chris said they could have whacked a half an hour out of it easy and it would have been just as good of a film. That's it. It is worth noting, though, that this film did break a lot of box office records in Korea when it came out. Yep, yep. So it is. there is a lot going on in this film. Certainly worth watching if you're a genre fan. And uh, like I say, it's it's a four out of five for me. Two, 2016, like Chris said, and I'll say it again, I think really reinvigorated genre South Korean films. Because... Mm. I'll tell you what, in 2017, if we get one, I don't know anything other than it's South Korean, I'm going to hit play. <laughs> yeah. So on that basis, we recommend The Wailing, I think. Absolutely. Solid recommend. Solid movie. Uh, the Wailing is released in the UK on the 30th of January, 2017. On the US, I believe it's uh, on Netflix. That is released on DVD via Kaleidoscope Home Entertainment. And thanks to Fetch Publicity for sending me a review copy as well. Very nice indeed. So there we go. That's show number 22 done. Yep. That it is. That it is. Where are we going with show 23? I don't know. Ooh. Do we know yet? No. We'll discuss it off air. Okay. Will it be something as amusing as Pumpkinhead? <laughs> Gave us a lot of laughs. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> I don't know. We shall see. But in the meantime... Hey, good good news for U.S. folks, by the way. Oh, what's that? You can't get the whaling on a Blu-ray. There are imports available. I'm just talking about the release that's happening on Monday. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, in the U.K. it's just a DVD. So, yeah, if you want it on Blu-ray, you'll have to import it. Ha, <laughs> 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 Right. On that note. On that note, we shall hopefully have a show 23 if the world hasn't imploded by then. But until then. Until then, let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Some folks around say it's pumpkin head. Pumpkin head? What is that, some kind of a fairy tale? There is a legend about it around these parts. It's a kind of a demon the hill people believe in. I remember hearing about it when I was a kid. It said, if you've been wronged, you can conjure pumpkin head to exact revenge in your name. But if you do, you'd be damned for all eternity. There is a nursery rhyme about it, isn't there? How's it go? 
bolted doors and windows barred. Guard dogs prowling in the yard won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. 